Calvin, do you know why it's a special show tonight? Do you know why? I have no idea, Ray. Well, we're going to find out in a little while. And by a little while, I mean about 90 seconds. It's a very special show tonight. But first, I want to remind everybody that... I want to remind everybody that CLNS Radio has a Celtics pregame show before every game. Not just the postgame show, which we do after every game, but the pregame show before every game. LHR does that. It's posted at 4 p.m. every Celtics game day, and he always has some good guests. First pregame show day or anywhere on the internet, on TV, on regular radio, to air anywhere. So download that when you get the CLNS Radio mobile app at your iTunes or Apple or Google Play Store. Um, It is... Such an exciting and special show tonight, Calvin, because there's a party going around. There's a retirement party happening. And everybody's happy. Right? Yeah. 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 These guys are happy. I'm happy. Peyton Manning is gone, everybody. We'll never see him again, right? Never again. He's not going to be on any more Papa John's commercials. He's not going to be on any more any anything else. He's not going to be on TV, right? He's just going to disappear and ride off into the sunset. A Super Bowl winner, never to be heard from again. He's going to go hang out in Tennessee on a ranch somewhere, right? That's what he's going to do? You think we're never going to see this guy again? Just like Jordan, he's going to disappear. Right. Just like Jordan, who is now a prominent NBA owner. Uh, This is my fear, Calvin. My fear is that Peyton Manning, in fact, is not going anywhere. He he may even show up more often now that he has more time on his hands to worry about things. Uh, But who wants an old washed-up quarterback as their sponsor, as their endorsement guy? People, I, I just... I feel like people are going to sign him to to do a lot of things, and he's going to be he's going to be around for a while. Really, your fear? Why why is this your fear? Why why do you because, have a fear? Yeah. He, he, <laughs> I mean, that's a strong word, obviously, but I I look I look around every morning to see if Peyton Manning has somehow showed up here to be a mailman or something, or maybe he's. 
he's become my neighbor. And and just people surround the house knowing it's Peyton Manning. And he just, just stands inside all day just being Peyton Manning. That's my fear. I was considering adding Peyton to Canvas Mistress. I don't know if I could handle that. A Liz segment and then a Peyton Manning segment, like later on. Peyton Manning. Would it always have the nationwide jingle before it? Yeah, that'd be that'd be his his version of uh, the Goo Goo Dolls. Uh huh. Yeah. Wait, wait. Well, first of all, I don't think that Peyton Manning is going to end up on TV like a lot of people think. I just don't think that he has the. I don't know. I just don't think he's going to submit himself to a boot. I think that Peyton Manning is going to go the same way that a guy like John Elway is going to do. He's going to try to get some sort of ownership, some sort of general managership, and that's that's where he's going to end up. He's going to try to get the money to buy a team. That's what I'm calling right now. I'm calling it. That makes sense to me. You yep. think he's going to buy the uh, the old Oilers there, down in Tennessee, the Titans? Yeah, he'll put a team together. Oh, that's not a bad that's not a bad idea. I don't know who owns the Titans or what their ownership situation is. But should they become available? Certainly Peyton Manning would be the guy to own that team, right? Absolutely. People will go nuts. They would fill that stadium just to, just to pay homage to him. They're crazy yeah. down there. And then the Manning family will have a booth in which to watch football games for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Probably it would probably be an entire floor of the of the stadium. They would just knock out all the luxury booths and give it to the yeah. the Manning family. You know. I mean, I mean, Eli's gonna play another ten years, so he's he's got time to to work that out. Are you okay with that? How do you feel about that? Him being your quarterback. Um, I have mixed feelings. Good mixed feelings, but I guess all in all, he's you know I look around the league and he's he's better than a good chunk of the alternatives. You know. I can't be too angry when other teams have quarterbacks who are far worse. Am I right? It's a good point. No, it's a good point. It's a good point, I guess. Yeah. The quarterback position, as lauded as it is, is pretty horrible. Uh, a lot of a lot of bad quarterbacks at that at that position getting paid yeah. good money in the NFL, and it's it's funny that they put so much importance on that position, but nobody can find a good one. Yeah, would I would I rather be the Eagles and have Nick Foles followed by Sam Bradford? I I, I don't think I would. You know, would I rather have RG three and then RG three drama for two years and then uh, have Cousins have have a good year? But who knows going forward? I think I'd rather have Eli. Would I rather have Tony Romo be like injured his back two years in a row and now just get, get out of collarbone surgery this morning today? And feel good about what's going how how he's going to look going to camp this year? I think I'm good comparatively. No. Yep. I'm not saying, Eli, I mean, I'm not saying he's, he's a middle of the road quarterback. He'll 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 get things done. No, but but he's he's that's my point. He's, he's like upper middle of the road. He's not a, he's not Jay Cutler. The guy who's won two Super Bowls. That's not. That's true. Let's not crap on him too much. You're right. He's not Jay Cutler. He's not Carson Palmer, right? Mm-hmm. That's a good point too. He's not Carson Palmer. He has playoff experience. If he had that Cardinals team, they would have been fine. Look, the problem with the Giants is not Eli Manning. We can look at the Giants another time if you want. Hopefully they make some good free agent moves. Anyway. The anyway, the, 
Yeah, we just wanted to celebrate Peyton Manning being gone. That's all. Query, are you going to miss yeah. him? Are you going to miss him in the NFL? Certainly not. He was your number, was he your number one rival? Peyton Manning? I, I guess, but I feel like the Patriots always had his number, and then they ran up against the buzzsaw that, is, that was the Denver defense this year. That didn't have anything to do with him, and he'll, he'd be the first to admit that. So, but didn't you, I just—I don't know. I never felt—I never felt the rivalry. I, I always thought he was in a, a regular season quarterback, and that uh, when it came to crunch time, he was going to fold. Murray, did you know that Peyton Manning has a winning record in the playoffs against the Patriots? Were you aware? Yes, of that? I did know that. Yes. Yeah. So you, you can't really say there's never beat you in the playoffs. I didn't say never. I didn't say never. I just said they usually had his number as far as uh, okay. everything throughout, throughout the, right? the course of his career. But the course of his career literally says the opposite of that. In the playoffs, sure. I just didn't. I didn't feel the rivalry. Huh. That's fascinating. Did you? I don't really know. I just. Or are you just? Are you just saying that? to sort of take credit away from Peyton Manning, which I don't mind. I've, I've done the same thing many a time. I'm just saying, are you being realistic right now, or are you just saying that because, you know, you, far be it for you to give Peyton Manning that I mean, I, I I will acknowledge that he was always there, like the number one contender compared to them, and I just, I just felt like they had his number more often than not. Maybe not in the playoffs, but you, that, I mean, that's, what, five games or six games? And I think... Over the course of his masterful regular season career, the Patriots beat him quite a bit. And Tom Brady was better than him quite a bit. And sometimes not, obviously, but I just if, – if you are if you want me to, to pinpoint one, I, he's the only option. So, I mean, what, otherwise, what are you looking at? Ben Roethlisberger, I guess? That's, that's a decent one, but you don't really – I don't really look at Pittsburgh, New England as Brady versus Roethlisberger – it just it always seems to come down to something smaller than that and something more team oriented than that the the media is is what creates the rivalry between Brady and Manning if you ask me so who is it is it Eli then? who is it no i'm Who's i just guy? told you if you want me to pinpoint it manning is the only option Peyton manning is the only option yeah. but i just didn't feel it like i don't know as, as far as a, a quarterback to quarterback thing is concerned, I just didn't feel that he was a rival. Just like I, I didn't necessarily feel like the Colts should be considered the Patriots' rival going into the past couple of years when he wasn't there. I'm looking at the Steelers as a rival. Uh, the the Giants are emerging as one or reemerging as one, I guess I, I should say. Um, and I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Obviously, the New York Jets, but. That's usually a, a, a laughing matter. Sorry, the Brady Peyton Manning rivalry has its own Wikipedia page. Like, Wikipedia considers it a rivalry. Calvin, I'm I'm acknowledging that it's a, ra- a rivalry. Are you not listening to me? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the phones right here at three two three six four two one four eight four. Because I didn't even announce the phone number yet, and we already have a caller uh, on the audible.com, nope, the SeatGeek <laughs> toll-free call lines at 323-642-1484. Uh, 
old friend. Maybe maybe this guy has a has a, has something to say about the Brady Manning rivalry. Mad Dog, what's up, bud? What's going on, guys? Well, I actually I actually called to talk about Tom Tom Brady, but not this particular um, subject. Um, I wanted to call what happened on Wednesday in New York because I found that to be somewhat um, fascinating. I, I don't know I don't know if you guys caught that or not, um, but um, the whole Brady Manning it's really they were they were the two best quarterbacks um, during their during their time in the same in the same conference that that played in a lot of big games, a lot of competitive games, a lot of playoff games, and um, and with and were involved in some doozies. Um, if you remember the game in uh, the, the the Willie McInnes um, goal line stand in in Indianapolis, the uh, the um, Mike Vanderchak missed field goal here, uh, then. Then then Peyton Manning leading them back with some help from from the Patriots receivers dropping balls in in the playoff game in Indianapolis in 2007. The there were just so many great great games between them. The Brady rallying from a 24 to nothing deficit here um, that I was sixteen years ago. So there were so many. Um, great games, and that's why I think that it's considered a rivalry. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I think it was a great rivalry. There were a lot of good games, but I, I think that they were the two premier powers, particularly the Colts generation. I, I mean, I guess the Broncos then became a power too, but like that, that rivalry is not going to be remembered as much as the Col- the Colts Patriots. I'm guessing, right? Yes, but also like the like the Patriots were sort of in their heyday. And, but it, it is interesting. It, I, I think that um, obviously Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are two of the you know three or four best quarterbacks of all time. It's right in there, and they played at the same time, so that's really what it comes down to. It's like who is greater. It, it also depends on like who, what you like. It's one of those like James Harden, Steph Curry MVP type debates where there's like there's different things that you can look at and say this guy was the best, particularly before Peyton Manning had his second title, where it's, the argument essentially just came down to titles versus stats, right? And titles versus stats is just automatically a compelling argument. Uh, so, Mad Dog, I, I assume you're talking about Tom Brady uh, being photographed in New York flipping off a, a cab driver. When he was walking across the street, is that uh, is that what you're referring to? No, no, I was not referring. I, I, uh, I, I didn't even hear about that. Um, <laughs> I, did, I had no idea what you were talking about, so I just googled it. I, are you just talking about the Gate again, bud? Are you are you stuck well, again, on that stuff? Well, I'm still well, I'm still a little bit because I th- I just found it to be to be very interesting. Now I'm not sure. Uh, first of all, I'm not I'm not an attorney. I'm not a judge, obviously, so I have no clue about really what what I'm talking about here. But but, but I'll go off of the people that I listen I listen to. In that, um, I remember you, Calvin, saying when when initially the NFL Players Association filed the lawsuit back in um, August, it was that Brady would not win, and then of course Judge Berman. Ruled on various different things of no notice and um, 
he had he had the, in, in the lack of of Brady receiving witness or whatever. But I thought it could be very interesting that when you get into a proceeding like this, and in that isn't this supposed to be about why were the merits of the case brought up again? What I understood, what I understand about this is that this was only supposed to be to, 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 to judge Furman rule lawfully. It's not supposed to be bringing up the the the, the phone again and uh, and in the in the evidence of, of the I'm just very confused uh, by that. That's an that's an interesting question, but correct me if I'm wrong. But didn't didn't I pose that same question when when they brought the evidence before Judge Berman in the first place? Because they weren't supposed to, uh, they they weren't supposed to specifically determine, uh, in, in that courtroom whether or not those balls were illegally inflated. They were to determine whether the league's procedure was fair or not. Like. So they tried. They tried that case in front of that judge even before this appeal. When the when the original whole uh, point of of the of going to the judge was to determine whether or not the NFL's uh, rules were legal, which is like not what they ended up doing. So I don't. And, and now they're doing it again. You're right. With the appeal, it, it's supposed to be uh, determining whether or not uh, the, the original judge, uh, you know followed proper procedures in in making his ruling and now they're retrying this case again. So I feel like it's I don't know, I, I feel like it's all about the attention these judges are getting in each one of these situations. And it's it's like every time they retry this case when it it's not supposed to be about whether or not, you know, to gate happened. It's supposed to be about whether or not procedures were followed properly in both cases, even when Tom Brady won. So I, I don't know what to tell you when when it comes to that. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens on that, Mad Dog Man. I don't, I, I just don't really think that we can read into it too much because last time people tried to read into it and uh, it, people were all, all were all over the place. Nobody had any idea what was going on with well, Tom it, Brady it, was going to win or not. It's it just well, the, the reason why I'm bringing it up and it, and like I said, we have like I said, Judge Berman's the question all all of that in court, and then when you read his ruling, and it, it had nothing to do with. Do with the evidence that per, that was per, presented. It, in fact, in his ruling, he he says that that he that he accepts all the all the evidence by uh, by the arbiter. I wonder if it's going to be the same thing here. But but here's where where I sort of I sort of link it into um into um uh, into the Patriots' decision making in the off season. It's like Jimmy Garoppolo. There, there was some rumors of, about him potentially being dealt um, this off season. Now, if you're the Patriots with with um, with this ruling, what, what did they say um, by the summer? I'm, I'm not even sure. I don't know why it did. We're, we're, we're right back to where we were last year. Uh, people were saying the same thing last year. I feel like yeah. you got to work out Garoppolo. It's it's the same thing again. And make sure that he's that he's here and he's ready to go and all this. I if I were the Patriots, I would still be preparing to have Tom Brady as the quarterback for the for the first four games of the season. That's just me. But, but they were talking about yeah, and we'll see how they rule. It should be coming out in June, and then they can appeal to the Supreme Court, or it can go back to like all that legal mumbo jumbo. But yeah, I just found it to be 
to be extremely extremely interesting and um and we'll and we'll see what happens here in free agency um coming up but 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 before I go just a quick thought um the Calvin I I think I read a stat like I said I don't follow the the LA Lakers that closely but but um I've been seeing that D'Angelo Russell since being inserted in the starting lineups it's really it, it's really quieting a lot a lot of his critics I believe he's averaged 26 points in his last six games that's very that's very um impressive and and he's beginning to look like the second overall pick in in the draft and and um and I I've been really I, I I've been really impressed by him um I did, I just wanted to throw 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 that out there and um and you guys have a great show I just wanted to get some some that Patriots nugget in and um and um I'll be talking to you soon let's go let's go Celtics all right buddy there he goes Mad Dog up in Maine uh Calvin He's got. He's like reading our emails or something. I don't know. He's spying on us. We were gonna hit on D'Angelo Russell a little later. You want to wait? Or do you want to do it now? Uh, we, uh, do we have any more thoughts from Peyton Manning? Uh, let's wait. Let's wait because because it it ties into uh sort of Calvin Johnson talk. It just it, that's, that's true. All the way. We we will hit on we will hit on D'Angelo Russell a little later. Um, uh, I don't have any more thoughts on Peyton Manning. I mean, I, I, he's. He's the one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, probably the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. And uh, I have another thought on it. I'm sorry. Okay. Did you watch his Did you watch his press press conference at all? No, I heard clips of it. Right. I, well, I I didn't watch all of it, but I, I I watched some of it, and he seemed he he seemed despondent. Look, he, here's my thing about about Peyton Manning, and you tell me tell me I'm crazy. He he waited this long to retire. I'm, I'm going to say right now, I'm, I'm not convinced that he's retiring. I feel yeah, like I'm not convinced either, man. I, I'm with yeah. you. I don't think he wants to go. I think that he would be content even being a backup somewhere next year. See, I don't think he'd do that. I think that's why that's why he's retiring. I think he wants to start. All right? I think that he, he didn't get the calls that he, that he was expecting. Denver doesn't want him back. I think if Denver wanted him back, he'd obviously be back in Denver. Uh, but, you know, they don't want him back. Other, you know, nobody else really gave him a call to to like come and be their starting quarterback. So he's retiring. But I think if somebody, you know, gets an injury in camp or like the Brett Favre situation, like a, a team's quarterback is not working out, I think that the you know uh, by the time training camp starts, I wouldn't be surprised if Peyton Manning got a call. And if Peyton Manning gets a call, I just in, it, it's just based on this press conference. Like he doesn't want to go. If he gets a call to play again, he's going to play again. So don't be surprised. Don't be surprised he's back. That's all I'm saying. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm with you on that one. I I don't think that he's actually retiring. He doesn't. I feel like that he wanted he wants to play and he's been wanting to be out there. And there's a reason, like you said, that he waited so long um, to do this. So we'll see. We'll just have to wait and see on that one. Um, but for now, he is a Hall of Famer. Unlike another guy that's retiring, according to some people, Calvin Johnson. Do you like him because he shares your name? Yeah, that's the thing I like least about him. That's the thing I, I like least about him. I don't, yeah, I don't like other Calvins. I'm like, I've actually never met another person named Calvin, but it's just very mm-hmm. convenient. I, 
you you can understand what I'm talking about as someone who also has a very unique name of Matt, but <laughs> I like the fact that when someone calls the name Calvin, I turn my head and it's like I never waste energy turning my head only to find out that it's somebody else. Right. You know what I mean? So they're always so looking I, for you, right? They're always looking for me. I like being the only Calvin. And when there's other Calvins around, uh, uh, when there's other Calvins around, yeah, it just bothers me. But I've never had that experience in person, so not a big deal. Got it. So you don't know Calvin Johnson. That's that's all you need to know. Now, so, okay. about this notion that he is a Hall of Famer or not a Hall of Famer, how do you, how do you feel about that? Because I'm starting to look uh, at the list of uh, Hall of Fame wide receivers, and gotta tell you, uh, there aren't okay. a, a lot of modern guys. Yeah, they're not a lot of modern guys. I mean, that's going to change, right? Because here's the thing about the I, – I feel like the NFL has never completely uh, known – why don't you send me that list of NFL Hall of Fame wide receivers so I don't have to look it up myself. Well, but I unfortunately, like NFL, it's, it's like a scrolling list. You you still want it? It's like a stupid Pro oh, yeah. Football Hall of Fame uh, slideshow. Uh, no, then – no yeah, idea. I didn't think so, but I'll tell you. I'll tell. I mean, just a couple of names that are I'm running through here. The more the more modern guys are uh, Jerry Rice and Michael Irvin, and uh, a little bit older Charlie Joyner retired in '86. Uh, but a lot of these guys are are '70s, '60s, '50s. All these older guys that I mean, Lynn Swan is a name that everybody knows, but he retired in '82. Stallworth played along with him, but it's really uh, Jerry Rice, and um, I mean, I guess people would know Steve Largent as well, but it's really Jerry Rice and Michael Irvin from the quote-unquote modern wide receiver. And if you look at uh, the yards leader, the, the, the yards leaders for a career, Jerry Rice is number one, of course. People know that. Um, but Michael Irvin is just barely ahead of Calvin Johnson, and those guys are 25th and 27th, respectively, on this list. So there are a lot of other players, and only five of them still active, Calvin, uh, that are higher on the, the receiving yards list career-wise than the two Hall of Famers that, that are in that top 25. Uh, Char- actually, I guess you have to include the older guys, Largent, Fryer, Monk, Joyner, those guys I just mentioned. They're all in the top 25 as well. Yeah, I have a list right in front of me. Yeah, you you didn't mention guys like Tim Brown and Chris Carter and Marvin Harrison. Those are They're not in the Hall of Fame, are... though. They're not in the Hall of Fame. According, according to this list uh, on ProFootballHallOfFame.com, they are in the Hall of Fame. What is this slideshow I'm looking at on Pro Football Hall of Fame? I knew Tim, I, Tim Brown just got elected to the Hall of Fame, so I know he's in. This yeah. stupid website. <laughs> stupid website. I don't know this is so weird. It's like it like stops at at Rice. He's the most recent guy that's in. This is so strange. I'm gonna send you the link here. Uh, All right. So anyway, yeah, there's twenty there's twenty five guys. Here's the here's the thing, Ray. I don't know where you're at with this. This this kind of, this is one of those uh, debates that is constant when it comes to Hall of Fame. It's like, do you want to be do you want to be Barry Sanders or do you want to be Marcus Allen? 
I guess Barry Sanders is a bad example because he finished third all-time on the rushing list. Do you want to be Walter Payton, or do you want to be Marcus Allen? It's a better question. You know what I mean? Like, do you want to be Terrell Davis? That's a better one. Do you want to be Terrell Davis, or do you want to be Marcus Allen? Like, in other words, Calvin Johnson played, yes, he only, what did he play, 11 years, 9 years, something like that? Short career. No question about it, especially for a Hall of Fame player. Okay? But, he was the he was the best receiver in the NFL for at, at least five years of his career, arguably six or seven years of his career. So, because of that, even though his career was a little short, he was the best receiver in the NFL for a long enough stretch of that for me to consider him a Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, I I agree. I mean, if you're at the top yeah. of your game, you deserve to go in. Would Would you rather have Steve Legion or Calvin Johnson? I mean, give me a, would you rather Tim Brown or Calvin Johnson if you want to go modern? Calvin Johnson. Yeah, Calvin you, you Johnson all day. You think, there's no question, right? Even Chris Chris Carter who was in, Chris Carter and Marvin Harrison, who were certainly great receivers in their own right, if you had a, if you had the opportunity to draft one of those guys, Chris <laughs> Carter, Marvin Harrison, or Calvin Johnson, you're drafting Calvin Johnson 100 times out of 100. His skill set, everything about Calvin Johnson is elite. So I don't, but, I don't understand this. What, not, that, like, but not his name. But not his name. His name is not a leader. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. So would you take Elroy Crazy Legs Hurst over him? Names wise? Yes. (laughs) Crazy Legs only played 10 years. What would I penalize again for that career? Because, I mean, he was also also a running back. That's true. That's true. But he wasn't. He's not elected as a running back, though. He's elected as a wide receiver. Lynn, Lynn Swan, only 74 to 82. Eight-year career. Lynn Swan, Lynn, Lynn Swan Lynn and Sean Fowler, give, give me a break. Those guys were elected to the Hall of Fame just because the Steelers were the only team in the NFL that threw during that period of time. You know what I mean? <laughs> even they didn't throw. It's true. They, they probably shouldn't even be considered a modern-era wide receiver, should they? No. No, they shouldn't. Put them, put them, in, that, put them in that pre-modern era and call them ends. Just transfer them. With this guy <laughs> oh man! All right, I think that's uh, more than a minute or two on Calvin Johnson. How about how about we move on here? What do you say? Okay. All right, move 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 along. We're, we're moving along, and we are going to another NFL topic because, boy oh boy, do people in the NFL love to put them their foot right in their mouth, and just make a fool out of themselves and the organization they work for and this time it's a Falcons employee who is doing something stupid at a pre-draft combine and um, he basically asked uh, asked one of the prospects if he was gay if he liked men and that's uh, that got out the prospect of course did not care for that question regardless of whether he is or is not I, I mean if I don't think it, it matters whether you are or not. You, you don't want somebody asking you that. And uh, it got out. And now the, the, the head coach in Atlanta had to apologize and say that it wasn't um, – that he was disappointed in the in the question that was asked, et cetera. But as far as I know, Calvin, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't seen that they've actually named or fired anybody because of this. Uh, it was – Falcons secondary coach Mark Hans Manuel or Markin Manuel. 
or Manuel. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce the name because I've only seen the story in print. Uh, or I have heard it, but I have not heard, heard the guy named other than in print. And he was talking to uh, Ohio State cornerback Eli Apple. Apple says, uh, you know, the first thing he said to me was, do you like men? And he says, wait, uh, now, I scroll, now this is frozen, so this is awesome. Uh, he said something like, uh, wait, there it is. He says, so do you like men? It was the first thing he asked me. It was weird. It was like, I was just like, no. He was like, if you're going to come to Atlanta, sometimes that's how it is around here. You're going to have to get used to it. I guess he was joking, but they just asked most of these questions to see how you're going to react. Which is what which is what I actually believe, Rory. Dude, I don't think that this Falcons coach was like, We can't draft a gay guy. I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask this dude if he's gay just to make sure we can rule him out like jury selection style. We're just gonna we're just gonna completely eliminate him if he says yes to the gay question. I think that you, you hear about these NFL combines all the time with the interviews where they're they're not even they don't even care what the answer to the question is, so much as like they wanna see how you react to provocative questions. You see that, right? Is, is that's what you think it is? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Why would this be a story then? Why are people making a deal out of this if that's just a standard NFL practice? Well, the, the reason why this is a story is because yes, even though he, they do try to ask some provocative questions, like, hey, hey, are you? They, they'll also ask him, you know, like, uh, are you a gang member? They'll, they'll ask him questions like that. The reason this in particular, it's a provocative question, is because it's illegal for a prospective employer to ask about your sexual orientation straight up. Well, out. yeah, but so, of course, yeah. so, I mean, they could be, but you're making it sound like this is just something normal and that that's, that's what the NFL does, so it should be pushed aside. Yeah, well, what I'm saying to you is that, that tr- trying to ask, in, in, you know, questions designed to uh, make a player angry or provoke a reaction out of them, and that is what the NFL does. And they, okay. like, as far as I'm concerned, like, they're free to do that as long as, as, long as they're doing that with sure. sort of, okay. the guidelines what's legal when you're, when you're talking to uh, prospective job candidates in this country. Nope. It's not, you can't ask somebody, you know, about their, about a lot of things. You can't yes. ask them about their religion. You can't say, are you, oh, are you Baptist? Like, oh, 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 you you believe in God, you piece of crap? You can't you can't do that either. Even though what, what I'm saying is, like, I don't think the intent or or, or the the implication is that the Falcons are uh, you know homophobic or coach or, or any coach should be fired. I I don't necessarily agree with that notion. We, I think like even this guy is saying like the tone in which he used it, it sounds like he's just trying to mess with this dude to get an answer but it's still a story because you, you can't you can't legally do that you can't legally ask a guy about that right. even though he probably he, when he asked him questions he probably already knew the answer you know this is probably not the only guy he's asked that question to he's probably trying to see what kind of reaction he gets out of him and what the actual answer is is a lot less relevant but you, you still can't violate the rules of of hiring, and that's where they messed up. So now the NFL is reviewing the Falcons, and you know reviewing their hiring practices to make sure that uh, they're sticking to the rule. So good luck, Falcons. They seem to be getting in uh, trouble quite often down there, whether it be the crowd noise or 
whatever it may be. That's the only other thing I can think of off the top of my head, but... Oh, well. Yeah, I, I guess I'm thinking, I was like, trying to think of things, but I, I think the Hawks are a bigger problem. Some of their shenanigans. Right, yes. They have their own they racial issues. With, uh, yeah. Problems down there. All right, well, that's it for the NFL. Goodbye, NFL. Because I'm pissed off for greatness. And we move on to the NBA. But first, go to audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics and download an audio book for free. You can do it every day for 30 days because you can get a free 30-day trial by going to audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics. Nick also recommends Scribe by Bob Ryan. If you like Bob Ryan, you can hear him narrate his own book. That's right. Audible.com is a leading provider of audiobooks. So go check it out today. Audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics. Calvin, what's going on with LeBron James? Nope, that's not the next that's not the next one. It could be. It's uh it's Mark Cuban, it could be, but let's let's stick to the script here. Um Mark Cuban wants to push the three point line back, and I think that that's just what he wants to do because of guys like Steph Curry. How do you feel about that? Really, it's funny because that specifically got up, and guys like uh, Kirk Goldsberry, do you know who he is? He's a, he just got a job with the Spurs, but he formerly worked for Cranland and ESPN. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's, like a, he's like an analytics guy. Uh, he believes in, in that the league should also push the three-point line back with the idea that, like, in, in Cuban said this too, like, it, it's not because of Steph Curry. It's because of the uh, the other guys on the team. It's because of the the power forwards in the the mid range game that's being diluted from the game and removed from the game. And like it's because of the fact that big men can't stay on the floor now unless they're guys who get three, hit three point shots. It's because the post game is gone. It's because the mid range game is gone, or if not gone, it's you know severely diminished. And we're seeing basketball become more one dimensional. Do you, you agree with that notion? Because there's part there's a part of me that does. Yeah, I mean, I do I do kind of agree with that. You can you can definitely throw a bunch of guys on the floor that are going to box out and still be athletic and not as big as the other players and knock down shots and still rebound when you have to. And you don't need to have that big center out there or those big power forwards out there. I still think that there you can find a way to be effective against those types of teams. And I'm very interested to see if somebody like the Spurs, who go a little bit bigger, will be able to knock off uh, the Warriors this, this year. I'm going to be tuning into that those the, the Warriors series against teams like that, or the Clippers for that matter. They, they go bigger, obviously, and um, they can still spread it out a little bit, but a couple of their main players are big, so they have to be on the floor. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see if somebody can squash the Warriors this year with their, their small ball approach and them having superstars on their team. Um, but I just I have a hard time believing that it's going to go that way forever. I, I think that players are still going to become more athletic and they're going to become uh, bigger. And maybe a guy like Aaron Gordon, who's, what, 6'8 or 6'9, not necessarily a, a player that you're looking at to shoot threes, I, I don't think. Uh, but maybe he can develop a decent mid-range game and sort of keep things in the paint. It's It's going away, but I I think that this would be a decent way to 
bring it back a little bit and, you know, it would expand the game. And guys are so athletic now. They, I don't know, they, they maybe we would have to um, make the court bigger too, though, Calvin, because just bringing the three-point line back, you wouldn't have any, any room to shoot in the corner at that point. Yeah, here's here's the thing, Rory. I don't I don't advocate moving the three point line back just because uh, I don't want to like like more teams are taking three pointers now. I understand maybe they would go down somewhat uh, slightly if you moved it back, but the math of being able to hit that shot is still going to be greater than it will be like t- taking a mid range shot. People still complain about. People are still going to complain about mid range shots, and analytics is still going to be a problem with teams. Not a problem in terms of, uh, not a problem in terms of like, you know, scoring in basketball, but a problem in, in, if you know that a shot is a bad shot, your team's just not going to want to take it, regardless of like whether, you know, aesthetically speaking, uh, it's it's fun to watch a bunch of different types of shots and a bunch of different a, a lot of different types of basketball. You know, those those people are not trying uh, – the, the GMs and the t- coaches and the players aren't trying to, you know, put on the most entertaining basketball in the league. They're trying to win. So I can understand why, like, the, those parts of the game are being eliminated. However, like, I don't think that – not only that, but, but here's the other thing. Like, the, the Mike Mungers of the world who like to – well, they exercise like the the basketball of the past, and they want to go back to that basketball where everyone looked like a circus strong man when they're in their horizontal striped shirts with their mustache swirling and their set shots. Like that, that's not as good as basketball is today. Like basketball is as exciting as it's ever. That's never coming back either. By the way, that's never ever coming back. You will never see that game yeah. again. Maybe maybe you could bring that game back in fifteen or twenty years and call it something else. Yeah, and. And it it would be different than NBA basketball. It it would not be that though. It would be like yeah. shooting hoops. It would be called shooting hoops. Yeah. Now I I think that we're at a tipping point where we have to worry not worry, but I, I think basketball needs to be monitored just so it doesn't turn into college basketball where every shot is a three. You know what I, you know what I mean? Because of that three point line, like every shot is a three or an attempt at the rim. There's like nothing more boring than college basketball in the world. I mean there there are things, but you know what I'm saying. Compared to the excitement of the NBA, college basketball is boring as hell. And I don't want to see the NBA turn into that. So oh, I don't want to. I'm so glad you say that because I have a friend. Uh, I guess it's debatable that I call him a friend at times, but um, he thinks that college basketball is so so much more exciting than the NBA. And he he says it's because the atmosphere surrounding college basketball and that kids in those arenas are so amped up and they just are so loud and everything is great and. I mean, yeah, it's not that way in every arena in the NBA throughout the regular season, but I dare you to find a college basketball arena that is louder than Oracle Arena during the NBA Finals. I dare you. And, I mean, there, at the Staples Center at its peak is probably louder than every basketball, every college basketball arena in the country as well. So I just I don't argue, agree with that notion. And when you when you're – in a when you're going to a, a sporting event for the atmosphere, then like why are you watching it on television? Why are you doing things like that? I watch basketball to watch the game that I love and wish I was more uh, athletic to be better at. You know what I mean? So that's I watch it because I love the game, not not because I love the atmosphere 
around it. And even yeah. so, I think that his his argument is always off base. So he and I get into it pretty often. I, I will concede that there is something about going to see a game at your alma mater or like the kids involved in the alma, especially like if you're going to the school at the time, that makes it about like like we are winning as opposed to like you, you know what I mean? It's just it. I, I, yeah. I don't have a problem with I don't have a problem with a fan saying we, but just as your school, it's just a little bit more we than you can than you can ever quite get to as like say a Celtics fan. You're not unless you unless you get hired by the Celtics, you're you're really not the same as you are, you know, the, a Florida State person in your kid. Right. Where it's like, it, which I understand, but what, what we're talking about right now is just just purely as a product. The basketball and college basketball can't compete with NBA basketball. Not even close. But, not even close. This guy just doesn't get it. So I should have him on the show, and we could rip him, rip him apart one day. But he, here's what I think should happen, Marie. I'm not. I, I don't want to expand the courts because, uh, yeah, I I feel like the NBA has been first. First of all, like that just that just uh, goes back to creating the problem in the first place. The reason you know so many people camp at the three point line is because spacing. That's the other thing about these three-point shots that people read. Like, it's not like the league is full of all these awesome like three-point shooters that are just way better than they ever were before. Guys are better because they practice the shots more. But most of the time, those shots are created by guys who like can get you know guys moving off the dribble and making three passes, and the third guy hits a wide open three, which is which is fine because they're all spread out all over the three-point line. You move the three-point line back and widen the court. There's going to be so much space between defenders. It's like what you know. All it is is guys going to be like. You know, it's gonna be Globetrotters basketball. Yeah. It's just gonna be running, gonna be, running three-man yeah. weave. You could, you'd yeah. have to add a player to the court too. You'd have to go six on six, yeah. and play with two balls and have have a double three-man weave. Yeah. What I suggest is this instead. You you said you know gotta expand the court if we if we pull back because because uh, of those quarter threes. Why not Why not not expand the three-point line and just get rid of the corner three? Why? Why do we need the corner three in the first place? It, it's shorter than the other three-point distance. Why not have the three-point line exactly where it is, and just arc the line out? And if you're in that corner, guess what? The three-point line is going to end at a certain point because that's closer than that's the other points anyway. Yeah, it's, I like it, that. It, I like that. It would. Yeah. It would. People would think it looks weird at first, but you would just so you would just have the three-point line end at the at the sideline. Yeah. Yeah, and it would. It, it, what I'm talking about in, in terms of spreading the floor, like then the advantage of the guy just hiding in the corner, like waiting for the ball to be passed to him and trying to stay out of the way, then that, that basketball it doesn't get eliminated, but it gets slowed down because then that just becomes a corner two. See what I'm saying? So the guy who's camping in the corner, trying to stay out of the way, waiting for the ball to come to him, mm-hmm. he can still take that long two if he wants. But uh, but if you want to take a three, you better you better be on that wing. You better like actually take that three over your man, or actually have somebody get you the ball in a way that like then that brings it, that brings the power forward in the center back into play in a way because because you need those guys for rebounding. You can have a guy on the baseline take a jump shot that you know that the three point line guy camping in the corner. He's not going to make a difference compared to the power forward who's down there getting a rebound because most of those shots are two-point shots. And you can't have you couldn't you couldn't you know go with four three-point shooters and have all four of those three-point shooters be on the wing and at the top of the key because because like those four guys could be guarded by two guys. You see what I'm saying? So you would yes. that in that sense, you'd be able to bring we back should... basketball. You 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 make the three you make the three pointer fair a fair distance all the way around and you would you would 
you know, make it more interesting when it comes to spacing. I think we should send this podcast to the NBA or get somebody involved because this is it. This is the answer. Get Mark Cuban on the horn. Call Shark Tank. This is, Calvin has the answer. I do. I've got it, Dan. I've got it cold. All right. All right. We're moving right along here. Uh, yeah, we are. The next NBA topic is LeBron James, like I hinted at earlier. And uh, do you think that LeBron's tweets have been about Kyrie Irving? That's my question to you. Let me see if I can pull them up. Uh, do I think LeBron – I do think – well, here's the thing. Chris Mannix had a report in the vertical about uh, how, you know, Kyrie and LeBron are not having great chemistry, particularly on the court. And, and I think you've been seeing it. There's been some issues with LeBron lately, like uh, him going going back to uh, Miami to work out with Dwayne Wade, like on an off day between games. And then when, when they asked him about it, he said, because I can. Yep. He was he was <laughs> very yeah. defensive when that came up. Yeah, LeBron, you yes, constantly sending out cryptic cryptic tweets. Do I think that they're about Kyrie Irving? He he said another thing about how like uh, this team needs an enforcer. Like, yeah, do I think that his tweets have something to do with Kyrie? Yes, because one, because Kyrie is also sending out cryptic t- tweets at the same time. So yes, that's one thing, one reason. Second reason, because the same thing happened with Kevin Love, where like he would tweet at Kevin Love, and Kevin Love would tweet back to him. But they were they, they were both sub tweets. Both of those were they were just general tweets to nobody. But it was like obvious. Whenever LeBron has a problem with somebody, he just lays down a non-specific tweet. And I feel like that's what's going on here with him and Kyrie. There's reports that Kyrie wants out of Cleveland. Uh, he, yeah, he's tired of playing with LeBron. I don't know how true that is. I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical of that, but I think they are having their issues on Didn't the Didn't he just sign a, a huge extension, like a four-year extension? Yeah, he did, but that doesn't mean he doesn't want out. I know, I know, but I'm saying he just signed an extension, so they would either have to trade him in the off season or LeBron walks, right? That's that's what we're coming down to here? LeBron can't walk. Are you kidding me? LeBron's stuck there, there right? See? Even no, he could totally walk. I, I, I've been predicting that he's going to walk away anyway. Yeah, well, I I hope he walks because that would be amazing. Why else does he I keep like signing one-year deals? Well, he keeps signing one-year deals because of the cap situation. He can sign mm-hmm. a new max contract. The cap keeps going up. He can sign a new max contract. I think he'll do another one-year deal in this offseason. And then yeah. he'll sign for them. And then he'll walk. He's going to walk. I'm predicting it. He's leaving Cleveland. He will not end his career in Cleveland. Where's he going? Back to Miami? Where's he going? Where's he going? Call it. Uh, Washington. I don't know. He could go anywhere. Chicago. He could go anywhere. Can he go anywhere? I'm not sure they can. Think about it. Why not? What team wouldn't want him? What team would not want LeBron James? Well... It's not a matter of just what team what team wouldn't want him. Yeah, he he could go anywhere, but think about it. He has to justify he has to re-justify uh, walking out on Cleveland a second time after saying he was coming home after leading and winning titles in Miami. So not only that, 
but whatever so whatever situation he went into next season, it would have to be a team that would be better than Cleveland, right? A team that could win a title immediately what if, because what if what if Cleveland turns him down? What if it's not even him walking? What if Cleveland says, you know what? We signed Kyrie because we Kyrie's the player. And we're tired of your BS. You can go somewhere else. You can go screw LeBron James. You can you can leave. Go away. You're living in that land that Mr. Rogers' train would go to in the middle of his episode all the time. <laughs> I, if you're David Griffin, are you you're sending LeBron away? You're LeBron, get out of here. Kick rocks. Are you putting are you putting a padlock on, on LeBron James' mansion? You're, I mean, he's, he's creating an environment where nobody wants to coach him and nobody wants to play with him. Like, what what can you what can you say about that? You're not going to have a winner just just with him. He's making it impossible for you to build a winner around him. What are you going to do? I am fascinated that like every time his teams you know start not playing well, he like turns into this petulant child who like makes demands. He wants to like be GM of the team. He like has, yeah, he's super passive aggressive. He's never aggressive aggressive. You know, I have respect for aggressive aggressive people. He's always yeah, just like you should get out of their yeah. way. Yeah, he's always just like talking kind of like about the, people indirectly and like just. Really yeah, I mean, like you, you never know. I, I never know what, whether to trust a passive aggressive person. I just feel like they they yeah. can snap at any moment and be aggressive aggressive, and you just have no idea. Yeah, and then he's like, I feel like he's he's like not playing that well intentionally sometimes. You know what I mean? Where he just like he seems like he's not into it, and I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't like LeBron. I've I've never liked LeBron. I never will like LeBron. Uh, we can agree on that one. But but if the Lakers as as signed he, him, well, if the Lakers signed him, then then I would appreciate him without liking him. Yeah. Like Kobe? Like uh, no, it's more like Shaq. I always liked Kobe. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but I never liked Shaq. Shaq is a perfect example. Appreciated him, never liked him. I can't believe you don't like Shaq. What's that? I said, I can't believe you don't like Shaq. Is that your Shaq impersonation? <laughs> Isn't that awful? That's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. It's like a French guy. It's like shock. It's like shock. <laughs> I don't think so. You should listen to it again. Um, all right, that's it on uh, LeBron. I, I think, unless you have anything else you'd like to say. Well, do you do you think this team's going to get it together, Murray? Do you think it's going to be a problem? Do you think that they're going to blow up? Do you think that that they will trade Kyrie? I feel like they can't. They have to run this team back at least one more time, right? I mean, it's it, it, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Do they get knocked out in the second round, or that, are they going to go to the finals again? I mean, the the way things are shaping up right now, there's there really doesn't seem to be much competition for them in the Eastern Conference because for as as good of a roster as some of these teams have, they're just they're not none of, nobody's really playing well. Is it Toronto? Is Toronto really going to be the team to to knock them off? I mean. Other than that, Chicago is certainly not doing what I expected them to do. Now, Jimmy Butler just came back this weekend and then got hurt again. So, uh, I mean, who knows what that what that team is going to do. Washington is, has been a disappointment this year. 
and continues to be. And other than that, I mean, what what real contender is there in the Eastern Conference to go to the finals? So it's going to be up to Toronto or the Celtics unless, I mean, I know you're going to hang your hat on Miami here, but can they pull it together? Uh, no. I'd, I'd like to think so. They have, they have, like, a lot of intriguing pieces, but no, they're not pulling it together. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, the Bosch situation... The Chris Bosch, uh, Bosch uh, blood clot again has come back to, exactly. to haunt him and that team, and hopefully he will be healthy and nothing will go wrong with that. Uh, but he's not going to play again this year. So from a, a contender perspective, that team, you're right, that, that doesn't look like they have it either, even though Joe Johnson has been helping recently. I kind of think he can beat both, though, right? Like, the Cavs can make the – the Cavs can, like, combust – and still make the NBA Finals because, like you said, just in, in, it, I'd like to believe in Toronto, but like just you know, playoff experience alone, like they haven't gone deep yet. And look, there's not a team that's there's not a team with like that's been on the run that has really gotten in enough playoff wars that I would expect to to, to take Cleveland. But I, I think Cleveland also knows that it probably has no chance to win a title. And at this point, I kind of feel like LeBron's feeling is, is mortality. You look at how he's played this year, everything's at the rim. His, you know, his percentage, I know he's shooting over 50% still, but that's down from the 60% it was two years ago in Miami. I Just just watching LeBron play and the style, I feel like, and just you know the fact that he's not going to necessarily have a great old man game, in my opinion, I, I feel like he's he's two years away from a, a dramatic cliff. I'm calling that too. Dramatic cliff. Murray, are you on mute? Murray. Great. This is always an awkward part of the podcast when... I'm not sure if I'm talking to myself or not. Means perhaps you're there, perhaps you're not. So maybe I will hang up and try again. That's what I'm going to do. All right, let's try this again. I think I'm back. Yep, Calvin, hello, sir. Hello. This doesn't happen in a, in a while. Um, so here's what I bet happened. You got all of your stuff out about LeBron James. I dropped off. You probably were wondering where I went. And then there was a bunch of dead air. So we're going to get rid of that dead air. And now we're back. Um, so let's just move on and finish this show strong. We've got two topics left. You have some thoughts on D'Angelo Russell, unless you already got those out too when I was missing. No, I didn't. I didn't know if you see the problem when you drop up is that I don't know if I'm still on the air or not, and I don't. You wanna, are. Well, right. You usually I don't, are. I don't, well, but sometimes the problem is me, 
So, True. like, I didn't, you know, I didn't know if the problem was me or not, so I didn't want to rant for another 10 minutes. Well, to find out. Yeah. Anyway. Well, so, whatever. The people heard probably heard your thoughts on LeBron, and, and then uh, now we're jumping here. Uh, so, why don't you continue on with D'Angelo Russell, and I should be good to go the rest of this way. I don't know what happened there. Right. I don't know if you have caught any Laker games recently, or... Uh, just the big, the big upset victory against Golden State the other the other day. That That's was pretty right. good the other night. That's right. Yeah, Diaz and Russell in that game, twenty one points, five assists, four steals. Not too bad. Three rebounds, only two turnovers. It's a good game. So really, Diaz and Russell since being made in and. Uh, Mad Dog made a comment earlier about how he's averaging 26 points a game in his last four. I don't want to count that because one of those games uh, included a 39-point game that sort of excuses his numbers. But since he has been made a starter in his, uh, I believe it's the last nine games, he has averaged 20 points a game, uh, five assists a game, three rebounds a game, and he's shooting 45% from three. So, I think all the talk of D'Angelo Russell being a bust at this point is, is basically over. I've, I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, stats on, on him overall, and his permanent numbers have always sort of been good. Uh, he looked a little lost out there at first, but now he's, you know, playing with supreme confidence, which is a, a, the most impressive thing about him to me is that he's super confident, uh, you know, that in that in his flashy passing, I guess, is also pretty awesome. But in his his shooting, he's basically uh, as shooting as shooting as well as anyone in the league, other than uh, Steph Curry. Now, a lot there's this whole movement that like, and a lot of this is being pushed by Byron himself about how like you know he's he's now earning the like he, it's a good thing that Byron like sat him earlier in the season and now like it's paying oh, off. Yeah, it, it it really it really annoys me because it's like now that he's playing well, if you're like a Byron Scott or like a supporter of Byron Scott, it's it's a no lose situation for you. You know what I mean? If, because if he if he had played him and uh, late in the season and D'Angelo like fell on his face, Byron Byron could have said, "See, he wasn't ready. You guys you guys wanted him." And like now, look what look what happened. He plays well, but he can be like, see, like all you know, he took the time to grow into a better player, and like, yeah, Ben can like all I, I I led him to this point, and now he's good. It just drives me nuts. You know, the narrative of this drives me nuts. So I'm I'm pretty annoyed by that. I don't I don't think it has anything to do with Byron's hand, especially like the Lakers have another uh, the backup point guard. Uh, Marco Huertas, this guy they got from Spain. Uh, My brother was telling me about Huertas the other day. He thinks he's going to be a pretty good player, and, and even though he's already a little bit older, he's a guy that they've been trying to bring over for a while, right? Yeah, he is. It's, he's been playing in Spain for a while. It's his first year in the NBA. Thirty-two. Look, if you if I was kind of wanted to make the argument he made with D'Angelo Russell about him being young and he didn't want to, you know, ruin him early. Then, then, what, do you, then what do you say about Marco Huertas, a guy who uh, is 32 years old, he's been playing in, in, in Spain's International League for years, comes to the Lakers, okay? He's been, he's been, you know, I don't want to say fantastic, but he's been averaging eight points and six assists 
shooting over 50% uh, since he's been getting minutes, which I believe is, is uh, also about the same time as Russell, about the, the last 10 games or so. Okay? The, now, granted, I, at this point, I need the Lakers to be terrible for a draft pick, so in, in some ways this is disappointing, and this is the same thing for D'Angelo. But the point is, is this guy who who's been you know killing it and he's doing this in I, I think uh, 24 minutes a game, 25 minutes a game. Like until this last stretch of 10 games, he played 20 minutes one game in the season. He was the, the reason he wasn't good all season is because he got no minutes. He had no minutes. In, in, instead, the Lakers chose to play Lou, Lou Williams and Nick Young in those, those minutes. So. Explain to me why this guy who's clearly a competent point guard, uh, definitely like a legit point guard. You want to say maybe D'Angelo is not ready to be a pure pure point guard, but like with all the shooting guard types on this team, like jump shooters on this team, like why this guy hasn't been playing the entire season and all of a sudden he's getting these minutes and playing well? Was it because uh, Byron Scott wanted to protect his development and make sure he is it, should we give Byron Scott credit for him being well down the stretch of the season as well? Like why no, wasn't why wasn't he playing him when he was yeah why wasn't he playing this guy when he wasn't playing D'Angelo Russell yeah you know I mean? listen I, I'm I'm just gonna let I'm, I see you could have just ranted for like ten minutes and I wouldn't have said anything because I can't argue with this I've never liked Byron Scott as a coach no matter where he's been yeah but yeah going back to D'Angelo real, real quick like this guy's got a lot of swagger he's got an incredible shot he's got a great handle. I really feel good about this draft pick at this point. I feel like you, you check him out a little more when you get a chance. This guy's six five. He's sort of a he's he's you know he could be a pure point guard at some point. He's got the handle and, and the passing instinct. But I think I, I he's looking for his offense more than I expected uh, when I heard what kind of player he is. He's he really is I guess more of a Steph type point guard who's going to shoot from the perimeter and. That's kind of what you need in today's NBA, and he's six five in doing it. So, so you flipped your your script on uh, D'Angelo Russell. You're you're in on him now. Script, script. Consider my yeah. Consider my. Well, I was never anti him. The question was more that I. It was more of a question that I posed to you, which was like, like how long how long before I can I can evaluate him properly. I see. Yeah, it was more of a of that sort of question, and I also. I had a lot of issues with, like, his tentativeness. You know, he, he seemed, like, to lack confidence, and I feel like a huge part of that was the coaching. Like, every time he made a mistake, he was taken out of a game. And in retrospect, like, for a terrible team, it doesn't make sense to do that to your most talented rookie. I can't argue. I can't argue at all. Which, uh, I guess, leads me to the, the list game that we're going to play, because... I'm done. Unless unless you have more, you want to rant a little more on D'Angelo? By all means. You no, know, I'm good. I guess I, I uh, we did forget to talk about Sharapova, but I think I'll push that to next week if I remember. <laughs> As usual. You know, you, know you know what? Let's talk about Sharapova. All right. I probably want to next week. Fine. <laughs> Just real quick. Okay. So Maria Sharapova. Uh, revealed on Monday that she tested positive for the banned substance uh, meldonium. Now, meldonium, uh, which she's been taking since 2006, Murray, it, it's been a supplement for athletes to like increase oxygen movement in the blood. 
See, okay. Now this this is this, this whole story is kind of confusing to me. I and just in general, before you get into the more details, I feel like if somebody has a pre-existing medication, they should be able to fill out a form uh, if if any anything changes with the rules of their governing body. But go ahead. Yeah, this is this is sort of where where I'm getting at here because uh yeah, she's been taking this since 2006. Uh, a lot of athletes has uh apparently uh she she's a Russian tennis player. Apparently like like 20% of all Russian athletes uh that test with water like have, have uh been found with this in their in their blood. So it's a, it's a very common supplement uh in Russia. So Whatever they made it illegal, okay. And Maria Sharapova claims that that she did not look at the email that that talked about how the the rule changed in this case. Maybe it went it went right into a spam folder and she didn't see it. Uh huh. And yeah, so now she's she's about to get banned from tennis Marie, for uh, for up to four years, and uh, apparently almost definitely a year to two years. Is it just me? Maybe it's just me. Is is it just me or is that insane? I don't know. It could it could just be me. It could just I be mean, me, it's, but it seems it seems a little aggressive, considering that it's something that's been they've been taking for ten years, um, and then all of a sudden the rule changes and there's no there's no leeway, there's no there's no mulligan, there's no warning. You know, um, even in Major League Baseball, they basically give you a warning. It's a slap on the wrist at first, and then the second offense is much more I mean, comparatively, of course. You get suspended, but I mean, at least it's, there's the, there's the lower the lower um, tier of punishment, and it, does, it doesn't seem like that's happening here uh, in tennis. I don't know. Yeah, do you, do you read the story and then think of Maria Sharapova as a cheater? Like, I no, certainly like, not. No. Yeah. I, I understand by like by the letter of the law, like okay, she's she's in violation of of water, but like shouldn't common sense be applied here here to some degree? And again, rules are rules, but like one, this rule's probably a little too harsh. But I, I guess I understand why the rules in general are harsh. But like, I feel like getting caught with a newly banned substance that you've already been taken is not the same as getting caught with like a clear a clear substance that was never on the list to begin with. And and I hear the response talking about well like she should have known, her medical team should have known, you know, they messed up. Well sure clear. Clearly they messed up. Right? Yeah. Yes. Obviously she pays somebody who should be on the ball in this situation and, and they weren't. But like not being on the ball is not the same as being a criminal or a cheater who should be subjected to this extremely harsh penalty of losing a year of your career. Right. Like, in the prime, too. And, like, she's, yeah. like, I don't know, I, maybe yeah. not the prime, but she's sort of winding down at some point. Yeah. She needs this year. This is an important year in her career for sure. And I'm not even saying I'm not even saying don't punish her. Suspend her for three months if you want. I, I would even be okay with that, you know? Like one but major, like, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's been over three months. She's still she's still getting punished, and and other people in the scenario when when it's just when it, I I don't know I feel like there should be a grace period of of punishment after something becomes illegal. 
I don't, I, I don't, it's, it's weird to say that, but it's like if you're going from legal to illegal and somebody always does something and they're like, I can see how they're, they, they wouldn't be aware of changes. Like all the time you guys are changing, changing your guidelines constantly. You know, it's like, what if, what if gambling on baseball was legal and Pete Rose developed a gambling addiction and then all of a sudden it was made illegal? You would expect right. him to just stop? You know, he'd have to wean himself up. Sure. He got to make smaller bets for a while. And then maybe eventually. Oh, Pete Rose. Yeah. You think we can find a way to uh, get Pete Rose in every episode? No? I can try. I can try, Ray, just for you. All right. Thanks. All right. Uh, We haven't haven't done this in a long time, so hopefully it's uh, not archaic. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe maybe our new listeners that'd be hilarious if we had new listeners. Uh, if our if our new listeners aren't aware, we used to play this game called List Game, where I come up with a list of some sort and turn it into a game. That's that's a, basically what happens with List Game. Uh, apparently, Celtics forward Jared Sullinger has a skin infection. Not completely sure what that means, but he is, is going to be out tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's game. Uh, they're going to reevaluate him to tomorrow morning and see how he's feeling. I would imagine that he, I mean, he was in, he spent the night in the hospital uh, and was released. And from all accounts, it was a serious skin infection. So I, I don't know. He may play. He may not. Okay. Well, I guess we'll find out. In any case, I have a list game for you, Ray, and I, I tried. I tried to sort of find the most uh, the most insignificant injuries that have caused guys to miss a game. I didn't <laughs> find that. So I, I wanted to sort of list, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I boogers or something like that. You know, I wanted I wanted that, but I couldn't I couldn't get there. And instead, I have the dumbest sports injuries. Guys, or something. Let's let's assume that that perhaps. He got that skin infection um, by, you know, rubbing up against the poison ivy. Uh-huh. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. And, he, and, like, he saw it was there, and he said, oh, this looks yeah, like, a, exactly. like a good thing exactly. to, to uh, you know, just play exactly. around in. It's I, like, I this looks like a nice place to sleep. I'm sure. going to sleep on the strike and it leaves. Right. Then he woke up from the skin infection. True or okay. false? Uh, I'm going to say false on that one. Got it. That is, that's how this game is played. You are correct. It is false. I mean, maybe it's false. I don't actually know. I didn't research it. <laughs> the rest of these, I did research. So some of these are made up, and some of these are real. You have right. to tell me. Hopefully you don't know too many of these. Well, I, I bet I know some of them, but here we go. Like, this should be fun. Here we go. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you, you probably know. Oh, I, well, I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Great. In 1986, uh, Boston Red Sox out, uh, what was he? I don't know. Boston Celtics designated hitter, Wade Boggs. Oh. Was he DH? I don't know what he was. He, he played third base. He played third base. Thank you. Uh, was, was taking off a pair of cowboy boots, and uh, he fell onto the arm of a couch, bruising his ribs. Yeah, that's a true story. That's a true story. It's told by Wade Box. True story. So you've heard you've heard that one. I've heard that one. Yes, yes, I have. That's a shame. That's a shame. Sorry, Calvin. So I, 
I figured that one you would know. Yeah, maybe I'm not going to slip any of these past you. Maybe you know all of these. No, I don't know. I, you may, you may, right. you may slip some through, but that's a good one. The Wade Boggs cowboy boots story. He, he used to love those cowboy boots, but they're they're not they're not easy to get on and get off. That's the problem. Right. And the other problem is the cowboy boots are stupid. Right. Toronto <laughs> Blue Jays outfielder Glenn Allen Hill in 1990 caught his leg in some brush while riding a horse and fell onto a post. I remember Glenn Allen Hill. I don't remember this happening to him, though. It sounds like something that would be reasonable. Um, I'm going to go with true. I'll go with true on that one, too. Really, it's false. He did have a stupid injury, though. In uh, in 1990, he he was asleep. He had a nightmare and woke up, stumbled, and fell through a glass table. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> uh. In 2008, basketball player Eddie Curry sat on one of those inflatable giant exercise balls. <laughs> the, the, the ball exploded, and he scraped his wrist on the ground. That's true. That's true. I think I remember that happening to Eddie Curry. I hope it's true anyway. Please tell me I, my memory serves me right. You, your memory does serve you right. That is a true story. It, it is an amazing story. I've heard of those things exploding too, and I, I think that Eddie Curry was probably the first to, to do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I remember really? that one. In 2003, Mariners outfielder Richie Sexton gave himself a concussion and a neck sprain, reaching for a jar on a high shelf. Um, that sounds that sounds false. I don't know if I believe that one. I'm gonna go false. You are correct, Ray. He actually sprained his neck trying on uh, on hats that were too small. What? He did even more, even more ridiculous. How does that even happen? What is that? How, I don't understand. I don't understand the process that he, that you have to go through to do that. Apparently, they were taking a team photograph, and he tried to fit a hat on his head that was too small for his head. What a dummy. <laughs> In 1996, Cavaliers guard Terrell Brandon strained his knee trying to stop on a spider. <laughs> that that sounds like something that would have happened, but I'm going with false because I I feel like he was doing something else stupid. Sorry, that's true. I don't have a dumb story for Terrell Brandon. I just decided oh, to put that in there. Yeah, you you are correct. You're doing a good job here. You're doing a good job at this game. You know, oh, so wait, it right? was false. He didn't actually, he didn't stomp on a spider. I'm sorry, it is a false story. I meant, I meant true that, true that it's false. I, I really messed that up. Yeah. Yeah, you got that All right. right. I nailed yeah. it. I nailed it again. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. I haven't lost yeah. it. This is good. You're on a roll. You're three and one here. Three. In 1993, Marlins outfielder Brett Barbary uh, used a game after eating nachos and throwing some hot sauce on his nachos and getting some in his eye. Oh man. Um I'll go I'll go with with true because it sounds too too it sounds like you you put too much into it if you made it up and if you did you got me. I'm going with true. You're correct. It is oh true. man, I got it again. You're killing this game. This is great. List game is back, bitches. Right. In 2015, Kings 
I wrote, this is a, this is a, this is how how much I know about hockey. I wrote Keen's outfielder Dustin Penner. <laughs> I meant to say Keen's hockey player Dustin Penner. Uh, Hood is back. While straining to fit a, a large stack of pancakes into his mouth. Uh, I'm going with false on that one. But if it's true, I don't understand what the problem is. Although today was National Pancake Day, and I missed it at IHOP. Really, it, you are wrong, Sam. That's your first one in a while. Oh. It is, in fact, true. Yeah, he's outfielded. I mean, the outfielded part is false, but the rest right. of it is true. Very <laughs> weird. In, two, in 2001, outfielder Adam Eaton... Uh, while attempting to open a two-DVD pack of Happy Gilmore and Backdraft, which must have been one of those weird Walmart packs, right? Stabbed himself in the stomach. No. No way. No, he didn't. No. Do you... There's too many details here. Or did you just throw in the details to throw me off? Uh, I'm going with false, but I I may have sniffed you out. You're wrong, kid. It is true. Uh. And... The, the Happy Gilmore and Backdraft TV combo was part, was part of the blurb in which I read. Yeah. That's ridiculous. How How is that even a DVD combo? How is that a combo? Well, have you ever seen those Walmart DVD combos where they just put two two random... I bet you the same, no, I guess I bet not. You, I bet you the same company produced them both, and that's, that's how they're a DVD uh, pack. I see. They're both like Criterion Collection or something. In 2004, Sammy Sosa dislocated his jaw while chewing tobacco too strenuously. Yeah, that's true. True. No, that is false. He actually, he actually strained his back while sneezing. Oh, that's right. That was that was the dumb injury. I okay, good. You yeah. got me there. You know what? I, he didn't do tobacco. I didn't. I guess not. Was he a bubble gum chewer? Maybe not. I can't remember. Good old Sammy. He he I didn't do no tobacco, idea. but he sure did shoot up some other stuff. Right. Wow, I'm just going to run right past that one because I sort of love San Francisco. Uh, in 2003, Jaguars kicker Chris Hansen cut into his own foot using a motivational axe Coach Jack Del Rio kept in the locker room. That's a fact. That's a true story. I remember 2003, you said, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, that was that was two years after I got to Florida State and... I was uh, running around as a Jaguars fan down there because I couldn't get, catch Patriots games. So it was either the Jags or the Dolphins, and screw the Dolphins. There's no way I was ever going to root for that damn team. So I was running around as a Jaguars fan. I remember that uh, very, very distinctly. That uh, That is a true story. So do you still love, do you still have love for the Jags? Are you still the Jags guy? I, I, you know what? I mean, it's tough to, to root for them because you expect them to lose. But, yeah, I mean – I I would like to see the Jaguars succeed, yes. All right, fair enough. Last one. In 1991, Royals pitcher Brett Saberhagen burned fingers on his pitching hand and the roof of his mouth on a particularly hot slice of pizza. Uh, I don't know about the, the, the way he, di- he did it, but I, I do believe that he did have a weird injury. I'm going to go with false on the pizza, but what do you say? Uh, it is false. I did not. I just made up. I just came up with the name of Brett C. Reagan and did not actually research his weird injury, but he was not on the list of, of stupid injuries. So that is your list game for this evening. All right. I win again. La-dee-da.
We like to party. Lottie Dottie. That's what I should have said. Um, all right, Calvin, that's it for us. That was fun. I'm glad we brought that, that old standby back out of retirement. And uh, that's it. Next week, we'll talk to you again here on Careless Whispers. Wow. It's already 1030. Thanks for listening to CLNS Radio, everybody. Check us out on Twitter at CLNS Radio and on Facebook.com slash CLNS Fans. Calvin, man, talk to you soon, all right? All right, buddy. Talk to you next week. Good night, everyone.